So after much uncertainty, weird casting choices, and Nintendo Directs that were literally just movie trailers, the Super Mario Brothers movie has officially been released and absolutely wrecked the box office. We'll have an article coming out for our To The Point newsletter this week where one of our byline writers tackles why this movie was so successful this go around after the Bob Hoskins flop decades ago. I used to play King Lear. <laughs> But for this nerdy sermon, I thought we would take a look at one of the factors that this very brief movie capitalized on. The whole like brothers thing. Now I'm a big Luigi fan and I have been ever since he first became my main in Super Smash Brothers Brawl. But this movie took some interesting directions for the relationship between the brothers. But what can we actually learn from this brotherly love that's shown in an actual 90 minute Illumination movie? Let's talk about it. Folks, welcome to Checkpoint Church, where nerds, geeks, and gamers come together to talk about faith games and low-key feeling kind of bad for Bowser. Maybe it's just because he's voiced by Jables. I don't know, anybody else feeling that? My one and only true love, Princess Peach. I am your nerd pastor, Nate, and if you like these weekly deep dives, be sure to sub, hit that bell, and find out when our next one drops. Folks, with that, we're gonna be starting, as we always do, with our scripture for this one. It comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. As always, we'll be reading from the NRSVUE. That's my preferred translation. It's what's gonna be on the screen. Our liturgist for today is one of our level two members, Perispectus, who's gonna be bringing that scripture to us. So with that, take it away, Perry. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at Jesus' feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks. So she came to him and asked, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by so many things, but few are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So normally I start these sermons with getting everyone on the same page for the source material for what we'll be talking about, but is that really needed for this one? Like who, who doesn't know who Mario is? He's one of the most iconic mascots in the world. But for the sake of consistency, we should at least talk about this version of Mario that we get to see in this iteration of the movie that was just released. <laughs> so Mario is a plumber in Brooklyn who's down on his luck after leaving his job to start a plumbing business with his nervous wreck of a brother, Luigi. Mario. In a convoluted series of events, Mario and Luigi rush to the city center of Brooklyn to stop a deus ex water main flood and end up getting sucked into a mysterious set of warp pipes that apparently exist under the streets. The word pipes take them to the Mushroom Kingdom, and that begins their isekai adventure of journeying into another world. If this were an anime, I imagine it would be called Help. My green brother and I got sucked into a warp pipe, and now I'm BFS with the princess. Also, it's me, Chris Pratt. It's a me, a Mario. And that's pretty much the gist of the story. It's a 90 minute video game adaptation. What else is there to really know? Mario goes through some kind of character growth in the form of going from disliking mushrooms to like, slightly tolerating mushrooms. He just like me, for real. Anyway, none of that really makes a difference for this video. The movie is a fun time with tons of references for video game fans. And if you're a parent, I highly recommend it because it's a great movie for a kiddo. What I wanna explore for this nerdy sermon is the relationship between Mario and his brother, Luigi. Growing up, Luigi was just the color altered version of Mario for a second player to be able to participate in the gaming experience without it being confusing. But then things started to change. Luigi got taller and thinner and he could jump a little higher in some games. And then he got his first real solo enterprise in Luigi's mansion for the GameCube. And it was revealed that Luigi was kind of a chicken. He's a real nervous wreck. Hello. 
Now, this works as a great foil for the brazen and brave Mario, who is synonymous with being the main character, the protagonist, the hero. He has to be brave because He's the focus for the player one controller leading the charge against whoever, Bowser, King Koopa, whatever. Now, in the interest of fairness, ludologically, Luigi cannot be drastically different from Mario. Otherwise, it's unfair to be the second player. You can give him a different skill set, maybe a higher jump or whatever, but it is paramount to the playing experience that Luigi is exactly as capable of saving the day as Mario is in game. In the storytelling of movies, shows, and even some more like heavier narrative leaning games, the rules here can be broken. And so Luigi is often presented expertly by Charlie Day, I might add, as a helpless, hapless, and generally useless character. You just got Luigi. <laughs> the movie takes advantage of this fairly one-dimensional character trope for a fun couple throwaway jokes and a chance to rewrite the story with Peach and Mario, saving Luigi instead of it being a real white knight saving the princess story. Watch and learn. But I guess, uh, spoilers for like a literal 90 minute kids movie, Luigi does have a hero moment by the end of the film and ends up being capable in the long run uh, and actually helps save the day, sorta. It's a fine enough moment and it was cool to hear the superstar music and get to see Luigi like hold up the sewer grate to a literal flamethrower. It was cool. However, it kind of undermines the way I think that we should think about Luigi as a character. Luigi isn't really given the nuance that I personally find exciting and interesting. And that's fine. This movie shouldn't be expected to go to those kinds of places because we can just do that here. Mario and Luigi exist as foils of each other, sure. But the key factor from a gameplay perspective has to be, like I just mentioned earlier, the game must be able to be beaten by both of them in order for it to be a fair gaming experience. If Luigi can't beat the game, then he shouldn't even be a playable character. This must mean, in my view, that Luigi's personality and nervousness do not and cannot prevent his capability to do the thing that must be done. It's ironically the lack of nuance in the early gaming meta that has allowed for a deeper understanding of Luigi as a character in this meta-analysis. It's not that Luigi is lesser or wrong, he's just different. And that's okay, because at the end of the day, he still has the potential within his bits and bites to do the thing. Maybe you like Mario, maybe you like Luigi. Either one works because the characters aren't as diverse as a fighter like Smash, where you get to create a hierarchy of better characters. With this in mind, let's take a look at our scripture again. As a type A personality with a fairly obsessive level of cleanliness and order, I personally feel like Martha gets a bit of bad rap. There was even a whole book years back about having a merry heart in a Martha world. I mean, in the Christosphere, being told that your whole thing is worldly is like a cuss. And I would know, because a <coughs> literal nerd pastor. Now, I already hear what you're saying. Jesus literally says in the scripture for today that Mary is doing the better thing. Yeah, fair, totally agree. Busyness, not a thing to be put over being present with the actual Messiah who is in the next room over. But let's read this a little bit more charitably than a paradigm of good and evil. We start our passage with Jesus entering the home of Mary and Martha, who are the sisters of Lazarus, whom Bible readers will know is someone that dies and is resurrected by Jesus in the Gospel of John. In this story, however, Mary and Martha are playing host to Jesus who has come to visit. Mary sits at the feet of Jesus and listens while Martha does a myriad of tasks and things to prepare for their guest that has arrived. After some time working, Martha comes in like a sister would and rags on her sis a bit. Can you believe that I'm doing all this work while Mary sits there? Tell her to help me, Jesus. And then Jesus says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things, but few things are needed. Indeed, only one, Mary, 
has chosen the better part, which will not be taken away from her. Interestingly, in John's recounting of the death of Lazarus, we get to see kind of a, a polar opposite look at Martha and Mary. Lazarus has just died, and it seems to be because Jesus was wasting time somewhere else. Martha is faithful when Jesus finally arrives. She's patient, she trusts that Jesus is the Messiah, and that she will see her brother Lazarus again in the resurrection of the dead, whenever that may be. Whereas Mary is angry and accusatory. She believes it's Jesus's fault that Lazarus is dead. She's faithful, but she's very disappointed in Jesus. An equally uncharitable reading of John's portrayal would lead the reader to believe that Martha is the better person in this story, with Mary being wicked for doubting Jesus. But what if I told you that both readings are unfair. Mary and Martha are real. They're honest, flesh and blood human beings with different personalities and different things they bring to the table. Both situations are filled with poor decisions and good ones, but ultimately just humanity. The answer isn't in one being right and one being wrong, but instead in the gospel writer's intention to present that these things that Jesus did and does are real and are really processed by actual thinking human beings. If Jesus came to my home tomorrow, I would guarantee my wonderful wife and I would be panicked that our floors are not clean enough. We'd be sweeping and mopping in preparation, not because we aren't faithful enough to think that Jesus won't care, but because we're human beings with our own thought processes and understandings, and that's okay. I have a real affinity for Mary and Martha, and I wish we got more out of both of them in the Gospels because they just feel incredibly real. I love that Martha nags her sister. I love that Mary is angry at Jesus. Who hasn't been frustrated at their sibling? Who hasn't been hurt by Jesus's seeming lack of presence? That's just good realism. But what makes them even more compelling is that regardless of their good choices, bad choices, whatever, they are both endlessly faithful. Mary sits at the feet of Jesus in pure belief. Martha cleans her heart out for the Messiah in the other room. Mary is furious with the true God-man that she believes could have saved her brother. And Martha is resolutely confident in Jesus's words of revival. Mary and Martha are broken and beautifully faithful. In this way, let's think back to the Mario and Luigi example from earlier. They're different. They each have different personalities and things that they bring to the table, but in a basic reading, both are fully capable of reaching the finish line. They are perfectly equipped to do the thing that needs doing, even if they may bring different things to the table. They are broken, but beautifully capable. That leads perfectly into what this all means for us today. I know it's a silly parallel to compare Mario and Luigi to Mary and Martha, but I'll be doggone if that doesn't stick in my brain as a reminder and encouragement for what I might bring to the table. I find a lot of myself in video game characters. The best ones do that. So too, I find a lot of myself in biblical characters. The best ones do that. The next time you find yourself beating up on yourself for a lack of faith or a lack of belief or getting angry with God or doubting, know that what you bring to the table is just that. You, and that's a needed and beautiful thing. The good news is that despite all of us being broken, the boundary itself has also been broken. Death has been defeated. The cross is conquered, and so we are all equally, wonderfully, beautifully capable. Regardless of what anyone has told you, you are capable, you are welcome, the way is paved. Despite your greatest shortcoming, Jesus paved the path for you that made you endlessly capable. At that point, it comes to faithfulness. You can be mad like Mary. You can be distracted like Martha. You can be scared like Luigi. You can be reckless like Mario. Regardless of who you are and what you do, those are just the special things that make you, you. And you might be a broken person, but you are beautifully capable of reaching the finish line 
and beating the game. So whether you're a mustachioed plumber, a small mushroom boy, or an angsty Koopa, peaches, 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 peaches. know that you're always welcome here at Checkpoint Church. Folks, thank you so much for watching. And wait just a second, I actually wanna stop us right there because we are very, very close to our 100th nerdy sermon. I cannot believe it. I cannot believe that we're only a few weeks away at this point. I think this one is 96. So we only have, what, three more and then that one. It's so exciting, it's so crazy. I want to make a special request. If any of you have any special memories from these nerdy sermons of the past 100 that we've done, I would love to do a big fun kickoff special. Uh, so for our 100th video, if you would, Send me a text message, send me a Discord message, send me a video clip, send me whatever you would like to uh, include in that video so that we can celebrate 100 of these nerdy sermons. It would mean a lot to me if you would do that. Also, if you want more of what Checkpoint Church is doing, we stream every single Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday over on Twitch. We are also live 24 seven on our Discord server where we just hang out and get to know each other. It's kind of like our digital church building. And hey, if you watch this far in the video, then odds are you probably liked this one. So be sure to click that thumbs up up, let me know that you liked this video. This is one that you particularly enjoyed. If you want more to watch after this one, then I would recommend you go and check out maybe our video on Fire Emblem Engage. That has a very similar uh, aspect of looking at the body of Christ and the way that we can work with one another and, and serve with the historical church, learn from our ancestors. Or if you want to talk more about family dynamics, you could always uh, go watch our one on God of War, Ragnarok. Of course, we all know that wonderful relationship and the tension between there. Or you could go and talk about another wonderful relationship that we find in the anime, Licorice Recoil. Uh, you could check out that one as well. Quick question for you. What'd you think of the new Mario movie? I'm hearing a lot of like random reviews here and there. Some people really liked it. Some people thought it was pretty mid. Some people really did not like it at all. So I would love to hear your thoughts down in the comments down below. As far as my take, I think I gave it like an eight. I think that was where I landed. I could have been talked into a nine, but at the end of the day, it was just a kid's movie and man, did my daughter enjoy it. So seeing the smile on her face, she thought it was a 10 out of 10 and that that's good enough for me. With that, we're gonna end this as we always do with our three things that we believe to be true about every single one of you out there. Number one, we believe that God loves you, like really, really loves you no matter who you are or where you've been. Number two, we love you, we want community with you. That's what we're doing here on Twitch, Discord, and YouTube. And number three, that you, yes, you matter. You are beautifully capable. The world is a better place, why? Because you are in it. With that, and until the next time that I see you, whether it be tomorrow on Twitch, right now on Discord, or next week, same time, same place for another of these nerdy deep dives, I look forward to seeing you then. Till next time, bye bye huh. Nemesis, face me, you coward. Face me, you coward. Face me, I said. Challenge me. You fool. I am the Crab King.